It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello, everyone. Happy Monday. Thank you all so much for tuning in to the PHNX Coyotes podcast. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, leave us a five-star review. I'm Leah here with Craig and Petey as normal, and today we are very excited to welcome in a a man with so many titles, I couldn't even decide on one, uh, co-host of the 32 Thoughts podcast, the Jeff Merrick show. Sportsnet NHL insider Jeff Merrick, thank you so much for joining the show. And then at the end of the night, Leah, they hand me a broom and I sweep up on my way out. First of all, Petey, great team North America jersey back there, man. Thank that, you. Uh, that was a, I, I went and saw all those games. I mean, they're all in all in Toronto, and uh, that is the. It's funny too. I remember having a conversation with John Cooper, head coach of the Tampa Bay Lightning. I said, "What's the best team you ever coached?" And he said, "It's a team that didn't do anything. It's Team North yeah. America." And in about twenty years, you look back on that team and say that guy's in the hall of fame 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 that may be the team that did the least that had the most effect on the nhl maybe even in league history and it wasn't well, even part it, of the league surprisingly enough that's my claim to fame too i was the video coach for that team so i was the video coach here in arizona for a long time and lost a lot yeah. of games <laughs> then i got to go and be a part of that team and it was it, it is when you look at that list of names from mcdavid to matthews and oh. on, it's it's absolutely incredible it's, too bad so what okay what was your reaction when mckinnon pulled that deke on henrik lundquist i remember in the swedish game that swedish game that first five minutes of the swedish game was the fastest hockey i have ever seen that was the the matthews on his knees to mcdavid pass all of reckman larson was a defenseman on that team and said that that five minutes we weren't ready they were just that much faster than us. And it's unfortunate that that game went to overtime and, and you didn't get the Crosby McDavid matchup on a Saturday night in Toronto. It was that close. I'll tell you what, you know, what? I know we're detour. I Craig, I, Leah, I apologize. We're already detouring the whole conversation. You know, I, I legitimately wonder about this as a Canadian. I don't know what the crowd would have done with that. That's Scotia McDavid Crosby. Well, I, I don't know. Like, will they cheat, cheer Team North America or cheer Team Canada? Because that Team North America, you know, grabbed the attention of the entire hockey world. It was full of possibility because it was like the idea that this is what hockey's going to look like in yep. the next five years. And these are kids that are like, system, who cares about system? We're out here to play hockey. This is pawn. This is a lot of fun. And everybody fell in love with Team North America. It was, it was fantastic. But not cheering for that logo and that wow, flag. Like, don't you think belief. that would have been a clash? 
It like I, I don't know. Like Leah, I'm going to go to my fellow Torontonian here. Who would you have cheered for at that moment, Team North America or Team Canada? Oh, that's tough. So I, awful. I, I, I would say Team North America. Well, I was going to say, lucky for me, I'm a dual citizen, so Team North America actually encompasses <laughs> wow. my fandom pretty well. <laughs> All right. Speaking of uh, teams that didn't win enough games, how's that for a transition, Jeff? Wow. Let's talk Please. about the Calgary situation. What's how do you parse this? First of oh. all, we hear whoop, we just we lost just Jeff. lost Jeff, and we'll get him wow. back here yeah. in a must second. Have, must have insulted him with that question. He that was it. Also have Cox Thanks Wi-Fi. for Jeff for joining the show today and and talking about the Western Conference playoffs. And... Yeah, I just dropped out. Sorry, I just dropped out. I don't know. There Canadian, it is. All good. Canadian I internet. Insulted you. Wow. Okay. Blame Canadian internet. Exactly. No, you know what? I just wanted right. to talk to Petey and Leah. That's it. You started blabbing on Craig, and I like peace out. Check me out on All Facebook. Right. I'm Perfect. out of here. You're you're in stride for the show now. Thank you. Thoughts on the Calgary situation? We hear mutual parting a lot of times. It's not a mutual parting. How do you yeah. parse these? situation with Brad Tree Living, who of course was the general assistant general manager here for a long time, very well known to Coyotes fans. Remember when we used to call divorces um conscious uncouplings for a hot minute? That was like the 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 hot thing. Oh, we're not getting divorced. This is a conscious uncoupling of the two of us. And it's very uh this was not a conscious uncoupling. I, I think this was, you know, Brad Tree Living was offered a contract um by flames ownership at the beginning of the year was unprepared to sign it at that point to let the season play on and it, it seemed as if you know brad Treliving, i don't think was going to coexist with daryl sutter um i don't know how much i mean i'm not there i don't know exactly how much friction there was but it became you know pretty obvious that that wasn't um that wasn't going to be a situation that that worked out for brad Treliving. Um, it's, a, it's a challenging ownership group to, to work under as well. So I, I think this was this was destined once Brad Treliving, you know, had a had a second thought on on signing the extension in in the first place. Uh, so I don't know how surprised we should be. Normally, if you're offered a contract and you want to stay, you, you, there's only 32 of these jobs. You sign it right away. This wasn't the case uh, with Treliving in in Calgary. That's why I don't think a lot of people were surprised. At this one, and I think for Brad Treliving, despite the fact that there are only a couple of rounds of playoff success for the Calgary Flames under his tenure, I think he's going to be in high demand. And I think right away we look at the Pittsburgh Penguins situation. Um, he's someone that can exist whether a, a team is a family-run affair or whether it's a it's corporate culture. That that's kind of where where Brad Treliving can swim as well. So um, I think the question for me now is. Does Brad Treliving want any time off? Uh, does he want to take a break? He's been at this for a long time, and it's a very high-pressure situation in Calgary, uh, as always, um, uh, because I look at Brad and I say he'll probably be unemployed for as long as he wants to be. I think we're wondering about Pittsburgh, and depending on what happens in this opening round between the Maple Leafs and the Tampa Bay Lightning, yes. you know, there could be another general manager position open. As well, Jeff, how do you evaluate his tenure there? Um, like you said, up and down. They they were in the playoffs, they were out of the playoffs, and then they had this bizarre situation last yeah. summer where basically your two best players say, "I don't want to play here anymore," and you've got to try and make lemonade out of lemons. Yeah, I know that was a that that was a, that was a really tough one. Oh, I look at Brad for living, and I I say that uh, he was able to put together competitive teams, and he was able to put together, you know, um, probably. 
probably the best line in the NHL last year, right? With Kudrow, Kachuk, and Lindholm. Like that was, you know, consistent from stem to stern, probably the best line in the entire NHL. Um, he navigated some very, very difficult waters in the Bill Peters situation. And that was a very sensitive um, issue that I think Brad Treliving really handled as as professionally as possible, given that we all knew where that was heading. I, I think yeah. that Treliving uh, demonstrated that he's a thorough pro the way that he handled it. Um, you know, I think that 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 Treliving did a, a really good job putting together really competitive teams. Uh, I think last year was the team that we all expected would have had a longer run. Um, that was an outstanding, outstanding team, but it just seemed as if, like, if it weren't for the Oilers being Jacob Markstrom's kryptonite, and make no mistake about it, that has always been Jacob Markstrom's kryptonite. And you can even make the argument that Jacob Markstrom has not been the same goaltender since that series. I don't want to say that the Edmonton Oilers broke Jacob Markstrom, but he hasn't been the same since. And I think that's the the one thing that I look at this season with the Calgary Flames, and as much as people place on, oh, Huberto's got to be better, sure he does. Um, I look at the Flames and say, when you look at the underlying numbers, it's a, it's a better team than they show. They just got undone by some bad goaltending. Um, and if they, if, if they can, if they can fix that, uh, then I think they spin around next season and, uh, and are a better team. And all these, this team has, you know, Brad living fingerprints all over it. I think he's a really good general manager working in a very, very challenging market. Uh, it, being the manager of any Canadian hockey team brings with it its own sense of drama and politics. And it takes a very specific personality. I'll just be blunt. It takes a very type a specific type of personality, not to fly off the handle. Because there's so much media, so much pressure, so much fan expectation um, that I thought Treliving composed himself with a, a, a real air of professionalism. And I could tell there were at times where Treliving really wanted to blast off, but he's a thorough pro and never did. All right, let's get to the playoffs, which kick off tonight, Jeff. Before we sure. dive into the Western Conference, I want to ask you a couple questions. Well, Lee's going to ask one of these, but are you in favor yeah. of bringing back the play-in round? And if so... Would you do it NBA style with two teams? Would you do it NHL bubble style with four more teams? It's a great question. I go back and forth on it. Like I, I look at this year in the, uh, let's just say, we'll focus on the Eastern Conference because I'm going to make a point about the East last year. Um, this year in the Eastern Conference, I think you could have made an argument for it, right? When teams are close enough that there's like, ah, it's a half a puck here, it's half a puck there, it's two different, you know, uh, two different results in the shootout. And we have a, we have a, we have a whole different uh, playoff situation in the opening round. Then I think you can make the case for the plan. But last year we knew who was going in the playoffs in the Eastern conference by December. And there was like, what was like a 20 point guy did like, if we had this conversation last season about the Eastern conference where there's like a 20 point gap, how could you justify a play in round? Like, how could you say to that team that that got in that, oh, sorry, we're having a play in best two out of three or whatever it is, and you're out, and the team that was, you know, you finished 20 points higher than is all of a sudden in. Last year, it was a great season for Gary Bettman because Bettman has been against this from day one. He doesn't <laughs> like the play, and he hates it, and he can forever point to last year's Eastern Conference. I mean, I like the idea, but I, I think it brings with it – like I like the idea of, of more high-stakes hockey in, in, in general. Um, but it brings with it the conversation about there being too long of a season. 
like at a certain point, do you not need to look at like, okay, if you're going to add a play in round as well, do you need to have a look at the schedule and say, okay, you know what? 82 games is a lot. Um, and maybe it, like I've always said, like whatever the NHL can do to get their games out of June, they should really look at doing. And I know full well that considering the sports competition that exists in September, they don't have any appetite to compete with the established sports in September. So this is just kind of the, the way it's going to be. I wonder if some of the pushback from the NHL and specifically the commissioner's office is because they don't want to do anything to the schedule. They've got October to June. That's a sweet spot of the bat for them. They don't want to shrink it. They don't want to go back into September at all, but I like it because I like more high stakes. I like more high stakes hockey. Diving into this Western playoff picture. I'm curious what you think is the most compelling storyline of the Western conference playoff picture. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, the most compelling. Uh, okay. Have you guys seen Connor McDavid's upper teeth? Because I haven't what? seen them you this year. You don't expect that question coming. Yeah. I have okay. not seen goal. Connor McDavid's upper teeth. I see Leah's upper teeth right now. Craig, I can uh, see your upper so teeth. So he doesn't smile. He's not he happy? He's No, this is the single most focused I think we've ever seen Connor McDavid. Like, I think the only time I saw him smile, it might have been a giggle when Matt Berlin came in, the e-bug that one night, and he <laughs> came on and cleaned up for a minute and a half. But I'm convinced that this year, Conor McDavid doesn't have upper teeth. He's just like, I'm refusing to have any emotion. I, I just like, he's like on this like robotic pace. Like, we look at him this year, like the season he just put him in front of us is spectacular. Like this is the player possessed. This is the definition of the guy that's saying, get on my back. We're going to, we're going to win the Stanley cup. And I think the presence of Matthias Ekholm, we'll see what happens with the net mining here, you know, brings them just that much closer to winning the cup. This is a, this is a version of Connor McDavid that, and I, I know this because I used to watch him play minor hockey with the Toronto Marbles. Like I've watched him play locally here since he was 13 years old and through the OHL with the Erie Otters. And yes, I'm becoming that guy, the, oh, I saw him when guy, and then right up into, into the NHL. But this is the most focused and determined I've ever seen Connor McDavid. Uh, they have a team that could win the Stanley Cup. To me, the, 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 the main intrigue for me in the Western Conference is can Connor McDavid Leon Dreisaitl, Zach Hyman, Evander Kane, Matthias Ekholm, Darnell Nurse, and Chex Notes, Stuart Skinner actually yeah. win the Stanley Cup. It's a it's a tall order, but if you look at if you say the Avalanche have come back to the pack, if you look at you know Dallas still has some holes here, and there might be a goaltending issue with the Vegas Golden Knights, maybe they do have a better shot than than maybe we thought at the beginning of the season. So to me, it's. I know it's not a good answer for Ilya because I'm I'm going with the guy that's going to win the Hart Trophy, but it's can Connor McDavid do this with the Oilers? No, that's a great answer. <laughs> and you look at this two spice it up with the upper teeth thing. I know that that threw <laughs> us all. Wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> but you look at two divisions in the Western Conference that came down to the last week in, in who's going to win these divisions. Yeah. So if you've got to pick two questions, okay, who who which of these series are you watching the closest? Which is the best in the Western Conference and can there be an upset with these wild card teams in the first round? I don't know if you can really, I mean, I, I guess maybe Seattle, you, you, you could call an upset just because it's their, it's, it's their second season. So that might be the only one. I, I think the only real upsets this year exist in the Eastern conference. I really do. Like if the Florida Panthers can knock off, the Boston Bruins, you know, flu bug and all, which is yeah. running through the dressing room. I mean, that's an upset. 
Um, but I don't even, you know, to be honest with you, not that I really think, I don't even know that you can call the Islanders knocking off Carolina an upset. You know, I know that, you know, there's a, there's a point swing here, but you look at how the Carolina Hurricanes have played down the stretch. You look at the nature of the injuries and the nature of what's happened to the, to the goaltending in Carolina. And I don't know the return of Matthew Barzell. I don't even know that you can call that an upset. Like this may be the, the one season in, I don't know how long where, I don't know even what would qualify outside of the Florida Panthers knocking off the Boston Bruins or maybe Seattle winning here in the first round. I don't know that you can really call any of these series an upset. Like if if Minnesota beats Dallas, is that an upset? No. Uh, Even if Los Angeles knocks off Edmonton, I would consider it an update, but uh, an upset. But you know these teams are more similar. You can make the argument than they are different because as we all predicted, it's Jonas Corposalo versus Stuart Skinner, just like we said it was going to be at the beginning, <laughs> yeah, of, beginning the of the season, season right? I want to ask you about Colorado. Um, obviously, yeah. it's hard to repeat as a Stanley Cup champ, but this team has had a very different makeup this year versus last, a lot of that due to injury. Do you think the Colorado Avalanche are still Stanley Cup worthy this season? I do. I do. And I know it's no Landis Gog and, you know, I'll just betray my bias. Like, he might be my favorite player in the NHL and has oh. been probably for a lot. I love Landis Gog. Oh man. I, 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 I love me some Gabriel Landis Gog. Um, I never want to count out a team that has Nathan McKinnon and Kale McCarr on it to say nothing of, you know, Devon Taves, who might be the most underrated defenseman um, in the national hockey league and an emerging star in Bo Byram, uh, et cetera, et cetera, and an emerging Selkie trophy candidate and JT Comfer, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like uh, you know, uh, Miko Rantanen had a very quiet, you know, outstanding 50 goal season for this. Like there's too much talent. They're too well coached. Um, and now they've been through it before as well. I still think that you have to consider the avalanches as one of the contenders for the Stanley cup. I, I don't see how you could pause it. Otherwise, I just want to see him play Vegas. I just want to see, like, I just want like, I just want nasty series, Alia. Like, I just want to see, like, like, I think Minnesota and Dallas is going to be nasty. I think that's going to be a really nasty series. I think LA Edmondson, where I think everyone from the Edmonton Oilers wants to run Mikey Anderson through the boards. I think that's going to be a really nicely violent series. So you know, just bring me, bring me, just bring me wow. a violent, violent wow. series here, Leah. That, that's what I want. Wow. How about that? Jeff Merrick's true appetites coming out on our exactly. show. Exactly. Right? Wow. <laughs> Look at the, this, this whole season. We're, we're comfortably sitting in the Western United States and we talk about an East coast bias. We talk about the media attention that the Eastern teams get. And the Eastern yep. conference is no difference this entire season about how stacked the East is. The East is going to get the champion of the Stanley cup this year. It's everything about the East. Is there somebody in this Western conference that can compete against the teams in the East? Totally. A hundred, hundred percent. Hundred percent. Like I, I understand. Like uh, a, a lot of the, you know, the, the the talent drain went from the west to the east around trade deadline time, and that and that story was well told. But you know, last time I checked, to Leah's point, like the Avalanche are still the defending Stanley Cup champions. I can see Dallas winning the Stanley Cup. I can see Edmonton winning the Stanley Cup. Like the Oilers have two nuclear missiles sitting there on the bench. Like who who's coming close to that in the Eastern Conference? With all due respect, who's coming close? to sending Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl over the boards. Um, I think if everything breaks correctly for the Vegas Golden Knights, they could win the Stanley Cup as well. I'm not ready to hand this thing to the Eastern Conference, despite the fact that we saw a lot of talent go from East to West. Like, And even let's, let's consider this point as well. You know, whoever gets out of the East, unless you have a couple of sweeps, like if I'm the Boston Bruins right now, I'm thinking I got to close this in four. 
because whatever's coming up next is going to be tough. And this might be the only gimme series. Whoever comes out of the Eastern Conference, they're going to be banged up. Like this is going to be, you know, the motorcycle, you know, jumping a motorcycle out of a helicopter kind of, kind of excitement here. And and these teams are going to be banged up. These teams are going to be mashed up. I'm not saying it's going to be, you know, easy pickings for whoever comes out of the Western Conference because they're going to have to go through their own, uh, their own hell as well. But no way. Like I don't say like, oh yeah, champions coming from the East. You know, this is a layup, a two foot putt. It's great teams in the Western Conference, by all means. All right, Jeff, two quick questions. We'll let you go. We know you got to get to another appointment. Um, we can't have <laughs> you on the show without asking your overall read on the Arizona Coyotes. Just curious from, sure. from your view, the arena situation, the rebuild, ev- everything mm-hmm. that is the Arizona Coyotes, and it is a complex story always. What, what's your I read get on it. everything right now? Want, for, first of all, the I don't care – Part of me, like just the hockey fan that wants to see hockey in unique place, I want to go see a game at Mullet Arena. Like I do. I don't care about like, oh, how much money they're pulling out of the ring. I, I don't I don't I don't care about that. Like I, I want to go see, I want to have that experience. I didn't get a chance to go this season. I'm crossing my fingers that I get to go next season. So the hockey fan in me wants to go watch a game at Mullet Arena. But I mean, I mean, Craig, you're well on top of the story. Everything is culminating in like in the way this roster is constructed everything culminates with, you know, the, uh, the, the building of, of the new rink. And I know there's two humongous dates in May, you know, there's, there's a referendum and then there's May 8th, which yeah. is an enormous could be. So, you know, the Arizona coyotes could have two very significant dates on the calendar. I want Arizona to do well. I want being selfishly. I want Arizona to do well because I want to go see hockey there. And, you know, I, I, I always say to myself as a Canadian, you know, I spent a lot of my, a lot of my youth saying like, well, I don't know why the rest of the world doesn't love hockey the way we love it as Canadians. And then there's a very unique Canadian thing that's happened where the rest of the world has, you know, also fallen in love with this game and produced hockey players. And we see them coming out of Arizona consistently now as well, and have gotten better at hockey than Canadians in a lot of ways. And you see this every year at the draft and you see this at World Juniors, you see it at U18, you see that international tournaments, like the rest of the world is right there. And it's almost as if Canadians are offended. Well, I'd say, hang on a second. You can't have it both ways. You can't say, oh, we want hockey to be successful everywhere. How come you people in Arizona uh, don't love hockey the way we are? Well, all with the way we do. And then all of a sudden when they do, all of a sudden, well, how dare they have the nerve to try to compete with us? There's a certain kind of Leah's bobbleheading this one. She knows she's from Toronto. There's a certain type of hockey arrogance in Canada that that exists. Uh, and anything I can do to sort of help knock that down and help share this great game, I'm all for. And I want hockey to be played everywhere, and I want Arizona to be successful. Um, I hope it works. I want it to work. I think it's a wonderful place uh, for hockey to exist. It's a wonderful place to go and watch uh, a hockey game. I can remember my great hockey experience. I guess it would have been 2000, I think 2003. Um, I was in Vegas and got a text from Cliff Fletcher said, hey, we're playing the Calgary Flames in a couple of days. I know you're in Vegas. You want to come down and watch us play the flames and boom, that's it. Hop in the car with my, uh, with my, with my girlfriend at the time and through the Hoover dam and we're stopped at Sedona and stayed there for far too long. So I love Sedona. 
Um, and we're off to see the Arizona Coyotes at the old Jopping.com arena against uh, against Jerome McGinley and the Calgary Flames. It's a great spot to watch hockey. Not necessarily Jopping.com arena. I'm just saying Arizona in general. Yeah. I hope it works. I want it to work. Uh, and I do want to go to Mullet Arena next year. Craig, you've been all, all over the story. There's a whole lot of what-ifs that still yep. exists here. But I think like a lot of sane thinking people, we're crossing our fingers and, and hoping that things break correctly here for the Coyotes because they're building it all to pop when this new arena happens. Last question for you, Jeff, and this is an equal curveball to the Connor McDavid upper teeth question. <laughs> the Vegas Golden Knights recently chose a new team pet, and it was a gold yes. goldie. So if you're picking your team pet, how far down the list yeah, would you have to get there. before you chose a goldfish? Yeah, that's down there. See, I'm a big dog guy. Like the more yeah, the more the more dogs in the rink. Like I love um I love those the the special events when you know you bring your dog to the rink. Like I'll I'll take those and dogs to the ballpark and, and all that. But yeah, goldfish is right down there with like guinea pigs and hamsters for me. That's uh that's nowhere near, but then again, my field of expertise is not you know evaluating mascots. So I'll I'll defer to the mascot aficionados on this one. But as far as me choosing mascots, I, I default dog all the time. I'm team dog, sorry. Well, Jeff, we know you have to get going. Um, we appreciate your time. Thank you so much. And uh hopefully we'll if you do make it out to mullet next season, we'll have I to can't wait. hundred percent. Uh, I'm gonna do the full tour. I, I but I will park some time in Sedona. I've always said if there's anywhere else uh that I want to live in North America, it's uh Sedona, Arizona. Like that would be the peace out, like whatever happened to Merrick, I would just be a rumor. <laughs> like whatever happened to that guy, the minute you know that you can't you you don't know where I've gone. Trust me, I'm in Sedona. <laughs> beautiful part of the country. Yeah, gorgeous. Um, thanks for having me on. Much appreciated. Thanks so much. Appreciate thanks so it. Much, Jeff. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks. All right. Well, thank you again to Jeff Merrick for hopping on with us. Um, I know he has a busy day, so it means a lot to us that he uh, had some time to give our show and lots to unpack from that one. Obviously, we're going to get into our own predictions, uh, but before we do, I was pulling up BetMGM to take a look at what the odds are for the West. Um, some interesting ones. There's so much, like, the stuff you can bet on on BetMGM with the NHL playoffs is crazy. You can bet the number of games. You can bet the winning state or province of the winning team. Like, there's just so many really fun things. And now's the perfect time with the playoffs kicking off tonight um, to check out bet MGM. So make sure you get on there. And if you haven't signed up yet, use the bonus code PHNX. There's a few different offers depending on where you live, but for the Arizona audience, you'll get up to a hundred dollars in bonus bets on your first wager with bet MGM. Here's how it works. Download the bet MGM app, sign up with the bonus code PHNX. Place a pregame money line wager in the amount of at least $10 on any market at standard odds price. You'll receive $10 in bonus bets instantly. Regardless of the outcome of your wager, just make sure you use bonus code PHNX when you sign up. Plus, join us at the BetMGM Sportsbook at State Farm Stadium for all Suns away games. Uh, the first one is this Thursday, April 20th at 6 p.m. It's going to be a lot of fun. Our Suns watch parties presented by Neutral will feature food and drink specials, PHNX giveaways, and BetMGM deposit matches. Join us by grabbing your free ticket in the show notes. And now it's time to listen 
to Shane talk about the disclaimer. Disclaimer, 21 plus to wager. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369, New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA, 1-800-522-4700, Kansas, Nevada, 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts, 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential health, Michigan. All right. Well, thanks again to Shane for the uh, the ad read. It's much appreciated on our end here. Um, and for Jeff, when he makes his way to Arizona and wants to take his side trip to Sedona, good thing, like we always say, there's a bajillion Circle K's everywhere on, on the road. Uh, so we'll make sure that Jeff knows about circlek.com slash store dash locator so he can find Circle K's on his way, stop in for some iced coffee. Village of Oak some- Creek. Yeah, there's a ton. There's yeah. a ton. Uh, they always have a ton of great snacks and drinks there as well on top of their gas. So make sure you're not missing out on all this great stuff. Head to circlek.com slash store dash locator to find Circle K's near you. All right. Before we get into our own prediction, do you guys have any uh, takeaways from talking to Jeff? Oh, so much. First of all, how about the incredible take on the coyotes i'm guessing we'll be clipping that and showing people that later today yeah i appreciated a level-headed like rational view of things yeah and i can't wait for his tour of the mullet too and he can sit right by craig with having people stand up in front of him and craig can take down the velvet rope and allow (laughs) jeff to get into the inner sanctum of of the media world that is the mullet yeah, it's not just uh, crushed red velvet robes. It's now robes as well that they give select members of the media. Not when you guys are there, of course. But... Yeah, we don't get that treatment. Lee and I and, and Sean DeVos do Slippers, not get... Slippers, a cigar. Yeah. Can you see? I can actually visually... I can see Craig in there with a cigar and a, and a robe. Where is my um, Pellegrino, please? It is not chilled enough. Take it away. Where's my fork for my sushi? <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> oh boy. Never gonna take it away, happen. peasant. Catch up, take it away. Ryan Clark will never be on the show again. <laughs> <That's hilarious. laughs> oh man. Um yeah, but I thought it was interesting too that his his perspective on the Western conference. And I think there's almost been so much conversation about the East that the West mm-hmm. has kind of been not forgotten, but like let's not forget that the Stanley Cup champions came out of the West that Edmonton is in the West. I thought um, his his take on the Oilers was interesting. Uh, just a lot of interesting tidbits. Yeah, and yeah. quickly, Tim, if you want to know why Craig eats sushi with a fork, uh, go back and listen to yesterday's episode on the Eastern Conference previews, and you can get to hear the whole story on why Craig uses a fork. <laughs> just br- that's it. That's it. Brutal. Oh man! All right. Well, should we get into our own predictions then? Is it that time? I think it's that time. Okay, well, we're going to do it. And uh, Wait, question Did we get DP's picks? Since yeah, he's not he sent them today? to me. Yep. Beautiful. Yep, Perfect. yep, yep. Yeah, right. he, he sent me his picks. So <clears throat> let's start with Vegas, Winnipeg. Who wants to go first? This is the Carolina New York Islander series for me. This is the one like, eh. And, 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 and sorry, sorry to say this, it's probably Winnipeg's fault because they had the least attention of the season. Um, there's problems with Vegas. Their goaltending has been up and down all year. They've used several goalies to try to get to where they are. They were up um, potentially winning the Pacific right until the very last moment. They still have players out on injury. Who's going to play? Who's not going to play? Winnipeg's got problems in the locker room. Who's captain? Who's not captain? If Hellebuck 
is all world, Winnipeg can win this series. But I am picking the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, I kind of think Connor Hellebuck being all world is the only way Winnipeg can win this series. I I don't like the way Winnipeg played down the stretch. You were, we were talking about this team as a first place team at one point in the season when we were talking to Rick Bonus. They didn't they didn't finish well over the second half of the season. I don't get the feeling that that everything's healthy there right now. I think Vegas is going to take this series and take it fairly easily. Um, not to beat the same drum as you guys, but I agree. I think Winnipeg barely made it into the playoffs. I think, you know, we looked yesterday at some stats of wildcard teams and underdogs and about 40% of the underdog wins in the first round. I don't think Winnipeg is going to be that one. I just think there were, there was too, there were too many issues, um, this season. I agree that Vegas is going to take this one. And so does Sean, who also has Vegas in the series. So we are unanimous in our picks. Um, Oh, more thoughts. No, no, no. That's good. We already said it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. Uh, moving on, we got Edmonton LA, which was one of the ones Jeff highlighted. Um, someone in the beginning had mentioned that who's going to be the first to be suspended in the playoffs. And why is it someone on LA? Um, we got the rematch, the Edmonton LA rematch. What do you guys got for this one? I've got the Oilers. Um, I I know LA had a good stretch late in the season, although they didn't necessarily complete it. I I'm just not on the LA Kings bandwagon. I I don't think they're that great a team. I think they're a, a product of the Pacific Division and the Western Conference as much as anything. And I really like 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 Jeff was talking about. Connor McDavid's on a mission this year, and he's got more help than he's ever had. I think there's more depth on the Oilers than they've ever had. You look at the seasons that Dreisaitl and Nuge had as well, over 100 points. Stuart Skinner has solidified the goaltending position, although I don't think he's quite as good as he's been made out to be. I, you know, if we're talking Calder Trophy voting, I don't, I don't think he's the savior that he's been made out to be. I think he's been a bit sheltered, but I think he's definitely solidified that goaltending position. I like the Oilers in this series. I am, I am eyeballing a deep Connor McDavid playoff run. I look at the, the, I always say who's going into the playoffs the hottest. The hottest team in the National Hockey League going into the playoffs is the Edmonton Oilers. They're 9 0 1 in their last 10. Their last regulation loss was a, nearly a month ago against Toronto. Their last home loss was in February. They haven't lost at home since February in regulation. This is the hottest team by far. Their power play is going to catch a new level in, in the playoffs. You know, I, I, I don't. I like L.A. I think L.A. could sneak up on them, but there's two people that are out right now, day-to-day injuries, and they'll probably play are Fiala and Villardi. With those two players out, man, this could be quick. And I know they've got that top line with Kempe and Kopitar, but I don't know if they've got enough depth right now to handle what the Edmonton Oilers picked up during the trade deadline. They'd made all of the right moves. They got the defenseman in Ekholm. If Skinner can play average, this should be the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, I have to agree. I think I don't think it'll be a sweep. I think LA will get some on Edmonton, but um, I just can't seeing what um, McDavid, what Drysaddle, what Nugent Hopkins did this season. I mean, it's just unbelievable. And I think now that they have the experience of going to the Western Conference Final last season and kind of seeing what it takes, um, now they have that that mental preparation, that mental experience that'll help carry them forward. And if their so superstars can stay healthy, which if you remember last season, Dreisaitl was not 100% healthy in the playoffs. This season, he is um, more healthy, at least. I think they're going to be unstoppable. 
So that's my pick. And it's also Sean's. He also has the Edmonton Uh-oh. Oilers. Uh-oh, we're in danger of being unanimous in our picks here. I know. There ha- someone has to pick an upset eventually. Uh, maybe we'll get there. Um, but before we move on to the last two series, um, if, if you're watching on YouTube right now, you see that we're at home. And what happened was there was there was like a massive Cox outage um, in California that may- meant we have no Wi-Fi at the office. So we had to pivot to being home. So besides that, the worst part about this is we were supposed to get a Burrito Express delivery today oh, at the office. That's right. And I am devastated <laughs> that we now are not getting that. Um, I might have to drive to Burrito Express uh, after our show here anyway, just because I had the craving in my head. And the other thing I want to mention about Burrito Express, and this is nobody will really care um, except for me, Sean finally tried the steak and salsa burrito, which I have been beating the drum for that for months, and I've stood by it, and he finally tried it, and he is now obsessed. And to get Sean to agree with you is like – one of the best achievements ever, um, and he does. So. Oh, that burrito's uh, fantastic, by the way. And by the way, this whole notion of how many salsas you get with a burrito, can we talk about this? Can we talk about how Michaela Perkins browbeat beat the CEO into saying, yes, it's four, and then I go to a store and I only get two? Uh, um, I, I don't know how you guys feel about this, but either way, the burrito you just mentioned is unbelievable, and that salsa, I, I don't know. I think two is the right number. I think two people. is the right amount. Some people like to drown it. Just saying, you don't you don't need to drown out anything because it's so good. Um, so check out Burrito Express for lunch today. You can grab a burrito and a burrito and follow Burrito Express on Twitter at Burrito Exp today, um, and also become a diehard while you're at it. Um, we're all Petey and I are rocking our PHNX Coyotes shirts today. Um, there's a ton of stuff in the locker. We launched a new sun shirt last night. It's unbelievable by the way it's has a scorpion on it yeah valley of death it's like every shirt just gets better and better and better we obviously have our new four peaks and phnx coyotes collab tee the orange one which in person seeing them all together at four peaks last week was amazing these are phenomenal shirts so um, you can grab yourself some merch at phnxlocker.com and if you're a diehard, you get 20% off on all merch and 20% off on all events. And if you haven't signed up to become a diehard yet, you can grab a free shirt or hat when you sign up as well. So if you want to stay up to date with all your Coyotes news and notes right here with PHNX, you'll have the best coverage of the playoffs and the lead up to the NHL draft lottery, the vote, the draft, etc. Uh, Craig has weekly diehard only pieces as well. And our Discord, which we're doing a bracket challenge. Um, the link is pinned in our Discord channel. It's for diehard hearts only so if you want to join that you got to be a diehard as well don't forget to get your picks in because the games start in like six hours and then you're locked out so get your picks in which i will do right after the show because i'm going to tail all my picks that i gave on the show in the bracket and i will too but can you help me yeah thank I'll, you i'll call you after we'll walk <laughs> you through it appreciate it <laughs> okay last two of uh, series in the west we got colorado seattle you go first Leah. Me? No, I don't want to go first. Okay, well, this one's easy. PD was, PD was about to start. We'll let him right, go first. Well, go ahead, PD. You go first. Well, this one's interesting because if it's a fully healthy team, and I've said that since game one, if it's a fully healthy team in Colorado, it's not even close. Guess what? Haven't been healthy the entire season. Landis Cog's out. Makar is questionable. They've got guys like... Um, 
they did their secondary scoring. Arturi Lekkonen's been in and out of the lineup. I don't know who's going to play for this team. If there is going to be an upset, it is this one. Uh, Seattle has six 20-goal scores. They have the most balanced scoring in the Western Conference playoffs. There's only one other team that has six 20-goal scores, and that's Dallas. They, um, they defend extremely well. They've got a, a goaltender that wants to stick it up the rear end of the Colorado Avalanche in, in, in Grubauer. I, I'm still going with Colorado. And I'll tell you what, <laughs> I wanted to go the other way. I really, really wanted to go the other way. But Nathan McKinnon has become otherworldly of late. And they still have a defense with Taves and Gerard and Byram that can be effective offensively. This team is still good. They are not. They are not the Colorado Avalanche of a year ago. I don't want anybody to say this is a powerhouse team in the West because they are not the same team that they were a year ago, but they do get over on the Seattle Kraken. Yeah, and Mikhail McCarr will still be back at some point. Um, they still have, as you mentioned, Nathan McKinnon, Miko Rantanen. <sighs> They've got a lot of talent on this team. I, I don't, Seattle surprised me to even get into the postseason. They are definitely a better team than they did amazing things in the offseason to get to this point and it's a great story but they didn't really sustain you know we talk about all the injuries to Colorado and how they've struggled through that all season they still went 16-3-1 in their final 20 games they played really good hockey down the stretch Colorado uh, Avalanche are advancing in this round it's when they get past this round that things really get interesting for the ass because Andre Burakovsky is not here Nazem Kadri is not here Gabe Landeskog is going to miss the entire postseason that's going to hurt them down the stretch Yep. Um, I, I think, I don't think it's going to be, once again, I think Seattle will steal at least once. We saw a lot of the Kraken um, in the, the final stretch of the season for the Coyotes. I, yeah, I know we're just, this one is so boring compared to yesterday, but I agree that Colorado is going to win this series. However, like you said, I don't, we'll see in the next series um, in the next round. I don't feel so confident. Um, like you mentioned, I mean, they, McKinnon, McCarr, ranting and you can't count those guys out can they make another deep run i'm not sure um but against the kraken i think this is a good matchup for colorado um and i think it was actually on 32 thoughts with american um elliot friedman they had mentioned that someone said on that last game for the division title colorado was playing extremely hard because they did not want to face the minnesota wild that would have been a really tough matchup for them um and they played their way into this matchup against the Kraken um, and with, for a team with very little playoff experience, I think when it comes down to it, it's, it's Colorado's to lose, but proud of the Kraken for making it to the playoffs. And um, Sean also has the Colorado. So I think this last series is one that it could go either way. Um, So maybe there'll be some, some parody here um, and we'll move on to it. It is the Dallas stars and the Minnesota wild. Yeah. I'll start. I'll start since since, um, I haven't started yet and I feel bad that I haven't. Um, And I know this is going to be extremely boring because I'm picking all the favorites, but I'm going to pick Dallas. Um, I think as far as all the matchups go, this is a very, very close one, kind of like New Jersey, New York-esque. Um, it's also both the green teams, by the way. Um, I think Minnesota's dealing with some major injuries. Um, Erickson Eck is out. They, Yeah, it's just tough. Dallas has been dominant all season long. They were leading the division up until kind of the end there. I think... Dallas, I don't, again, don't know if they're poised to make it all the way to the end, but 
this is going to be a bloodbath in my opinion, but I'm going to take Dallas just because I think they're a l- built a little bit better for the playoffs, but I honestly will not be shocked if Minnesota takes this. Stars 1.0 versus Stars 2.0. I have absolutely no faith in the Minnesota Wild. I just don't have any faith with them in, in, in the playoffs. I think Dallas is a weird team that could either go out early in the playoffs or go all the way to the cup final. They, they have that weird Jekyll and Hyde vibe about them. But I just, like you mentioned, the injuries with Minnesota. I just don't trust this team. I don't know what it is. Obviously, it's past performances is part of it, but... I do not trust the Minnesota Wild to make any kind of run. I'm taking the Dallas Stars in this series. Well, I hate to be the spoiler. I, I it's Dallas for me too. Wow. I, 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 the Minnesota Wild. Here's one of the problems with Minnesota. They have been injured and they haven't been consistent on this stretch. Where the Stars have got uh, eight of their last nine games are wins. Their goaltender last year in the playoffs. When you look at Jake Ottinger and what he was able to do with a team that was subpar in the West and elevate them to elite in a short amount of time, he was phenomenal phenomenal in the playoffs if he is above average here this team can go all the way to the stanley cup finals i believe that if he is hot this team's top line can play with anybody they have speed they get to the net hard and a guy like jamie ben who's got out went out and got 33 goals this season has a resurgent in his career this dallas stars team is dangerous it's closest of the three series. This is the Rangers Devils that we talked about yesterday in the East that it could go either way. I agree with that. This is a very well matched um, series. You, you look at um, they're going to have to have like Matt Boldy's going to have to great, have a great series in Minnesota. Kirill Kaprizov's going to have to be absolutely elite after only playing sixty seven games this year. I just think Dallas has too many weapons. I think Miro Haskinen could be a difference in this series at the back end, his ability to rush up the ice and help out in the offense. I think this team is incredibly quick, and I think they get to the net too well. I like Dallas in this one. All right. Well, Sean also has Dallas. So wow. I think this might be a first ever in which all four of us agree on every series, which of course means, which means they all yeah. there. The, at least half of them will be wrong. Yep. Um, so we'll see. Um, and also we got to cheer for former Coyote uh, Scott Wedgwood with Dallas as well. So lots of former Coyotes. We didn't even mention Nick Bukestad PD on Edmonton. Who? Your boy. Just kidding. He could win. Where's he from? Yeah, and he. It's interesting you brought that up because I think that's one of the moves that helps Edmonton get over um, and get farther in the playoffs this year. And I don't mean him specifically. I mean the trade deadline deals with him and Ekholm. They solidified their bottom six. They got guys that can kill penalties now. They got guys that can win major faceoffs, and they got an Ekholm player who can also defend. And that's something they have lacked in the, in the swap with sending Tyson Berry to Nashville and picking Ekholm up on this team. I I can't believe I'm saying this. I really like the Edmonton Oilers right now. Yeah, me too. Man, Petey, by the way, that was almost a Shane Diefenbach speed read right there. Wow. You were talking really fast for a while there. There you go. Got a <laughs> lot of good things I got to say. Got to get it all out there. Yep, all love right. it. Um, well, there's a lot of exciting stuff going on right now. The NHL playoffs, the NBA playoffs, and the NFL draft. It's next week, uh, next Thursday, actually. And uh, the best place to take it all in is at the Four Peaks H Street Pub, April 27th, 2 p.m., the official PHNX Cardinals draft party. Johnny and Bo will be broadcasting their draft show live at Four Peaks. Join us for beer specials, giveaways, and a live show. Um, always the best drink specials, $3 Redbird Lager Pints, $5 Redberg Lager Pitchers, $5 Pitchers, um, and $3 Kilifter and Wow Pine. So you can catch all of us there on April 27th. Register for free in the link in our show notes to take advantage of the beer specials. You must be 21 years or older to drink if you're going to drink and enjoy responsibly. And 
with all of these events going on, all of it, all the stuff we're watching right now, the best place to take it all in is on Fubo TV because they have 140 plus live channels of sports shows, movies and news. You can stream from any device. You can watch the most Arizona sports for the lowest price. Um, they also have a thousand hours of cloud DVR included at no extra charge. So with the Suns playoff run, with the NFL draft, with the NHL playoffs, uh, it's the best time to watch the Suns and the D-backs on Valley Sports with Fubo TV. You can use the link in the description to sign up for 15% off your first month of Fubo Pro. All right, you guys, uh, anything else before we head out? I I, I, I know that uh, the Western Conference playoffs start tonight. I'm afraid that's what someone told the Suns yesterday Ooh. that they started on Ah, valley of death indeed (laughs) let's let's go sons let's pick it up um i can't wait to watch some playoff hockey i this first round of nhl hockey where it's game after game after game after game is absolutely unbelievable i cannot wait for some of these matchups who is going to be the team to come out and elevate their game which goalie is going to get hot which player is going to be the star of the playoffs i cannot wait and it all starts here in just a couple hours some great guests coming on PHNX Sports this week as well. We will have Bill Armstrong live in studio on Tuesday at noon, assuming we have internet. Um, on Wednesday, Javier Gutierrez is going to do a town hall where we throw the questions to you, our viewers, and you get to ask Javier within reason whatever you want. Um, <laughs> within reason. <laughs> underline that. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And we're also going to catch up with Tucson Roadrunners coach Deep Potvin ahead of the AHL playoffs. So a lot of great stuff coming to PHNX. Yep, absolutely. So stay tuned. And also, Roaring Fork mentioned this, just want to give a shout-out to the USA women for winning the IHF World Championship. Um, congrats to them. What was the final score, Leah? What was the final score of that game? I don't know. <sighs> what was it? I they doubled them up, didn't they? I think they doubled mm. them up. That's mm. a bummer. Mm. That's yeah. uh, a bummer, but congrats to them. Um, that's like, very exciting. But yeah, lots of really, really fun stuff on PHNX Coyotes this week, including um, daily interviews from Coyotes wrap-up day as well. So just be sure to be subscribed to the PHNX Sports YouTube channel. Hit the notification bell so you never miss when we go live or when a new video goes up. Um, and you'll want to follow PHNX Sports across all social platforms as well. You can follow us on Twitter at Leah Merrill, at S. Peters Hockey, at Craig S. Morgan. And I know he's not here, but at Sean underscore to pause as well. Um, let us know on Twitter if you agree or disagree with our playoff picks. Um, and we'll be joining the discord pool later today so discord let us know there as well and of course you can follow the show on twitter at phnx underscore coyotes thank you again to jeff merrick for joining us um, really appreciate it and everybody enjoy the rest of your monday enjoy the first night of nhl playoffs and we'll see everybody tomorrow at 12 bye